was freaking out of. This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> All right, I want to come back to uh, your question earlier, Brock, about Chris Jones. We'll do that in 30 minutes at 930, kind of go through. Because as you talk through it, it starts having a whole a bunch of, goes in a bunch of different directions and leads to more conversations about the Seahawks and their future, et cetera. So we'll do that coming up in 30. A lot of text reaction, unsurprisingly, to Jeff Passan. Uh, let's see. Salk and Passan are like the Sam and Diane of 2023. The tension is exhilarating. That's from Cheers, for those of you too young to know what that is. Uh, Salk getting a D- minus has to get cut into an intro for tomorrow. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I don't know. It's probably going to happen. Uh, let's see. I'm desperate for this version of Jeff Passan every time. And Salk just got used. LOL. All right. Well, fine. I uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to fight with Jeff today because I feel like it's been getting old. Just me torching him about how the Rangers have completely fallen apart. And he, uh, you know, managed to bring that up on his own. So I didn't really feel like I needed to. But there are some real conversations in there as well, Brock. And there's one about the strikeouts and you and Jeff very much on the same side there that those strikeouts are going to be a problem when it when push comes to shove. Yeah, and, and hat tip to Luke Arkins. A couple weeks ago, the Mariners were on their incredible run, and he just kind of looked to September. And you start to look at the schedule and, and how it lays out and whom you're going to play. And you can live with one strikeout guy in your lineup, right? I mean, you can. And certainly every team in the league, I'm sure, has, if you, if you look at all the rosters, a guy that strikes out at a high rate. I don't know how you survive and live with the number one strikeout guy, the number two strikeout guy. When Jared comes back, when he when he left, he was a top five strikeout guy. Julio's around ten and twelve is strikeout guy. I, I just don't know how you sustain mm-hmm. against strikeout pitchers. And not not against guys that give you multiple cookies, right? And and, and opportunities against whom you're going to be facing, where there's going to be limited opportunities, and when you get middle middle you got to connect and you got to make it happen right now. Yeah, A. Eugenio. I, I guess the reason I, I don't worry about it, Brock, is that when you get middle, middle, those guys are also connect when you don't, they're going to strike out. They're not going to do some, but, but they'll hit mistakes. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about it as much. I totally understand the argument that says that strikeouts are worse and you got to put ball in play in order to do damage, et cetera. But I am much more concerned with what they do when they don't strike out. And, I, I, you know, I think you could have four of the five top strikeout guys in the league as long as they're hitting 40 home runs, taking their walks, doing all the other things. If you want to talk to me about how Teo doesn't walk, I think there's a real conversation there. If we want to talk about how, you know, uh, Suarez doesn't have the same power numbers this year as he did last year, Correct. there's a real conversation there Correct. as well. Those are the things that are the problem for me. They're always going to be high strikeout guys. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I care about the fact that they're not doing the other things that they need to do. And and in Suarez's case, look, in 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 Teo, he's done it. I mean, he's still been striking out over the course of the last month, mm-hmm. but he's hitting the cover off the ball, so nobody cares. Nobody notices. You don't worry about his strikeouts. Because when he makes contact, he's killing it. 
Suarez isn't doing that right now, and so everybody's yeah. going to freak out a little bit about Gino. My guess is he'll come back and he'll do some stuff that that down the stretch that is going to be memorable. Hopefully, it starts sooner rather than later. Okay. Well, then the other guy, his other corner mate, becomes a question because if you have some of those and some of some of the strikeouts and and such, then you've got to offset it. JP has offset it. Julio is largely offset it. Do other things. Right, you mentioned some of the war numbers there with Marlowe and and Canzone and and Rojas has been you know a helpful addition. Caballeros, as far as rookies goes, has way over exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. Cal has had a bunch of damage and and is on pace to maybe have thirty home runs for you. But the one that I'm not mentioning there that's really not stepped in in any capacity, be it average, be it power, is Ty. And can they do this without Ty France pulling his end of the bargain here over the final 25? Hard for me to imagine. It has been the one sort of thing. When you look at the numbers, they're not that bad. I mean, like, you know, he'll come up with some hits and stuff, but it just, it hasn't felt like Ty France, right? It just hasn't felt like the Ty France. If I told you before the year that J.P. Crawford was going to hit more home runs on the season than Ty France, Mm that would have been an enormous red flag. Yes, absolutely. Because obviously JP's having a career year, fourteen now, and never hit ten. So I mean, phenomenal for for JP on that, and it's offset a little bit and helped a little bit the fact that Ty just has not had that boomstick at any point this season. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not been a stretch where he's put together a month of like, okay, there there it is, and he's never going to be. I don't well, think. And JP has almost as many runs driven in as Ty France. That's the one that I think. Like, guys only driven in fifty one runs this year. And I like I, I knew he's been in and out of the lineup. He's had a couple injuries and stuff, but he's played in 133 games. Like yep. my expectation is that that Ty France should be driving in more of those runs. And to me, that has been a bit of the problem. I, I want to come back here quickly just to finish up the strikeout conversation mm-hmm. uh, because somebody texted and said, "Well, if you're striking out more, you don't ground into as many double plays, and that can be helpful." Where do the Mariners rank in the league in terms of double plays ground into? Any guesses? Nope. Seventh. Mm-hmm. best seventh best so for comparison the best in the league actually has been texas and pittsburgh who have grounded into 81 double plays actually there's a few others la and chicago all tied for number one the mariners are only a few off of that at 87 double plays that they've grounded into all year mm-hmm. the worst is the marlins at 135 wow. so you know you start yeah. adding some of those up that's why I don't worry about it as much. And I know that those two things aren't like, it's not exactly one or the other. I just think they've built their team and they're okay with taking some of those strikeouts. A lot of them come because of their attempts to control the zone and because of their attempts to be patient and trying to make sure they're only swinging at the right pitches. So, you know, I, when Teo was swinging at balls, 10 feet outside the zone problem, problem. Yes. When Gino's taking strike three on the edge, over time, I think that those will even out and work out for them. Yeah, yeah but I think, Teo, I think those two corner guys are going to be right in the spotlight the yeah. final 25. I think I sent you that text a couple weeks ago. I just felt like with Julio and JP and what's happening in front of them, mm-hmm. fairly sustainable that there's going to be opportunities for Ty and for A. Eugenio here. And I feel even that much more strongly down the stretch that maybe they pitch around Julio a little bit or maybe JP continues to do what he does, have a career year of getting on base. There is going to be traffic. And over the final 25 to win this division, that's the goal. Go win this division. Don't just get to the playoffs. Go win this division. And for these guys to do it, those two corner infield guys going to have to play a, play a bigger role than they played certainly over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. 
All right, coming up uh, here in 20 minutes, I want to come back to uh, your question about Chris Jones because he is such an intriguing player. He's one of the best in the league at a position where you need help, Mm. but is it worth it if you're the Seahawks to go all in to try to trade for a player like that right now? We'll come to that in 20 right after everything you need to know next. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, I'm not concerned, but it was certainly frustrating yesterday. And there are some concerning things about where the Mariners are at. They dropped their second straight game, their third in their last four. And these are coming against first the Mets and now the Reds. Reds are feisty. We said it going in that this is going to be an interesting battle. Built not unlike those Kansas City Royals, but with a lot better pitching and a lot better hitting. Just feistiness, but a team that is right there competing for one of those playoff spots in the National League. And yesterday it was a problem as as for uh, Scott's point of view, it started on the pitching side. We pride ourselves in not giving up free bases. And I think we're one of the best in the league at doing it. Today we were not. We gave up 10, 11 free bases today. The hit by pitches, the walks, the errors. You can't do that. you got to play clean games. That's how you uh, win series on the road. And we did not do it today. Yeah, I don't think he was too happy with the way his team mm-hmm. played yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and nope. remember, he wasn't upset about the frustrating moments with the strikeouts. He was upset about the things that were much more within their control. Yeah, 6th, 7th, and ninth. you did have runners on. You did have runners at 2nd and 3rd for A. Eugenio and Julio and Julio. And and unfortunately, just did not get that big hit. But it's the 27, or in this case, the 24 other outs offensively and certainly defensively. Those things within, hopefully, your control. Play good defense. Pitch. Don't give them free bases. Don't give them more outs. This team is not the Atlanta Braves. It is not the Houston Astros and experience and talent. It is the Seattle Mariners that have to play their game, that have to not give away anything and go take it from them, and let's hope that turns around. Now, all that being said with Julio and some of the frustration yesterday, he did hit another home run. He now has 25 home runs and putting himself in a really elite position. Oh, it's a special player. Anytime you have that kind of power with speed, you can impact the game in so many ways, and he certainly has. You know, for us here, certainly in the second half of the season, it has been dynamic. It's been awesome to watch. Um, we need more of it. <laughs> That's what you need to do on the road. Scott was not happy with that loss yesterday. Mm-hmm. Even even the positives of like, hey, Julio's 25-25 again. He's like, well, you know this. Yeah, you start he's to... a really good player. Kind of need more of it. Salty, so, you start to stack it's it up, like... and you, you understand what Passon said. Right, this yeah. was a bullpen day. This is guys that that he thought were retired. You know, the double Tommy John pitching for the first time this year. A, a, a reliever called up from the minors pitching for the first time. The, these are the kind of games you're going to yeah. face enough elite other aces out some there. Of that I buy some of it is like just saying a guy had two Tommy Johns doesn't make him bad. It just means he's been hurt a few times. The fact that he came back twice from it tells you he was probably worth it. And he was throwing pretty darn well. I'll give you some of the other guys, but you can't just stack all those things together and make them sound like it's worse than it is. I don't know. They should have won the game yesterday. You'd sure like to see them have a better effort. They look tired to me, and hopefully they can find a way to uh, get some rest in the uh, very exciting city of Cincinnati before playing today. 340 first pitch. Bryce Miller, Connor Phillips will get it going. By the way, it wasn't all bad yesterday. Houston destroyed Texas in the first game of that series. Toronto beat Colorado. That was a bummer, so Mariners are still tied for first place. Here's the second thing 
you need to know. Seahawks had plenty of good news, that's for sure. Almost everybody returned to practice. Daryl Taylor, Mike Morris, Derek Hall, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Devin Witherspoon, all of them participating in at least some form of practice. The only name I didn't hear in there was Cameron Young, but maybe he was out there too. Mm-hmm. And likely all of those questionable? On Wednesday, when they get back today, an off day yesterday, so. a bonus day, yeah. they'll get back to practice on Wednesday. That'll be the first time you'll see injury designations oh, and They won't and give you a designation yet. They'll only give us the... Projection. Proje- yeah, whether... No, they'll only give us how much limited, they practiced. Limited, yes. yeah. We gotcha. don't start getting the questionable until later in the week, I believe. Yeah, but we'll get to see. Were they full? Were they limited? Were they non-participants yesterday? I'm going to guess those guys that you just mentioned there who had been non-participants the last few weeks were all limited in nature, but that is a good sign trending the right way. Yeah, no Derek Young. He's going to be out for the first four weeks, placed on IR yesterday after the hip surgery. They made some other shuffling moves around their practice squad. Uh, good news, though. Is that what they called it, a hip? They called it a hip. It was, they did call it a hip. John straight up called it a hip. Huh. He said it was a hip injury. Huh. So I, I don't know what that means. I think everyone sort of thought it was more core. But he said, yep. yeah, maybe send him to the body specialist and you can try to figure that out. Here's the third thing you need to know. This is a body. This is not a body. See, I'm a body specialist. Look what uh-huh. I did. Uh, you're going to need a uh, elbow specialist to deal with Shoei Otani. He is going to have surgery, according to his agent, Nez Baleo, who spoke yesterday. Going to have a procedure, likely Tommy John, but he wouldn't confirm that it would be that. Uh, should DH next year without a problem. While he rehabs, and then uh, the plan is for him to pitch again. He sees no reason that won't happen. So that's the future for Shoei. You heard Jeff Passon say the Mariners should go for broke to make it happen. Yeah, I don't know who would disagree. Going to still be very expensive. This thought that all of a sudden his $600 is going to turn into $200 million, that is just not no. going to happen. Not for someone of his. Because he's a hitter, isn't he, doesn't he get what Aaron Judge got as a hitter? I mean, is he, is he just as a hitter? Is he a big step below Aaron Judge? It's a fair question. He is 29. So I, I probably similar age to, to Aaron Judge and and now an injury history with the arm. Did you watch that video, by the way? That was like so sad. Just so sad to see the amount of pain and drop the bat and walk off and oh, just what he has had to endure there from a leadership and ownership, just the personnel around him in Anaheim. Nothing of what he signed well, he up for it. years ago. He did. He did. He could have come here. He chose it. Yep. Hard to hard to have too much sympathy because, you know, he chose it. Yeah. All right. That's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour. Aaron Judge, by the way, almost 32, but 31 and a half. And what is Shohei? Right around 29. the same. 29. So he's two 29. years younger than Aaron Judge. He'll be a year younger when he hits free agency. Mm-hmm. I mean, hitting wise, I don't think it's that different, right? I mean, like, yeah, Judge put up a few more home runs, but... They're both really good, productive players in so many different ways. Four hundred million. I mean, isn't that what Judge got? Yep. Yep. You going four hundred million for Otani here? I don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, that guy yeah. would. Yep. You want to pony up? He got nine. I'm sorry. It was nine years, forty million a year for Judge. Okay, three hundred sixty. Three sixty. I go through. Yeah, why wouldn't you? And yeah, I'd go four hundred because, by the way, he's going to come back and pitch in another couple of years. Would I do nine years, four hundred million for Shohei Otani? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, I, I absolutely would be perfectly content with uh, with something like that. All right, uh, that's I got a it. question for you. Okay, yeah, sure. show me that story. What? <laughs> you know, you could be like that. Is that how it's going to be? No. 
No, is that, that how it's going to be today? No. Is that how it's going to be? Absolutely not. Is that I would, how it's going to be? Salk, I would never do that to you. Because Radio you did. 101 right there. Wow. Mike Salk got a D minus. Oh, jeez. You know, I start off the show today talking with you about the Puyallup Fair. Yes. Kind of throwing you bones. Great teammate. Talking yes. about what a great Blue 88 you had yesterday. Did you want me to come in and pass him? Should night. I have come in and pass him? I feel like you should have come in and dropped the hammer. Instead of laughing? Instead <laughs> no, of just dropping fine. my hammer? I don't care. You come in when I actually need you not not with some Jeff passing garbage like when Sherm does his thing right, I appreciate right. you having me having oh, my I back you. and, and you, you and I are pretty good about that yeah. there have been a couple times I've had to have Brock's back not everybody uh-huh. knows about it but it's happened I sort of I promise <laughs> uh, and and this was not one where I felt like I needed okay, your help all yeah right, all right, if I need to take out Jeff pass and I'll take that guy out trust me yeah I got I got sure. I'll have words for him next physically week. and intellectually well physically I mean the poor guy's got a broken back Brock asked a really important question earlier about the Seahawks and the most intriguing player not on their team, but who could be. Man, it leads to a lot of questions. It's next on Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, we got rank coming up in 15, and Brock, I do want to address uh, the, some of the questions you brought up earlier regarding a potential Chris Jones deal and what that would look like if you're the Seahawks and how worth it it would be. Just real quick, uh, some breaking news uh, moments ago, Chris Mortensen tweeting that he's excited. I'm going to read it for, to you. Excited about another season, but it's time to reveal after my 33rd NFL draft in April, I made a decision to step away from ESPN and focus on my health family and faith the gratitude and humility is overwhelming it's not a classic retirement i'll still be here talking ball it's just time god bless you all so that from chris mortensen uh, i agree it, it probably is time and obviously since some of the health issues he's had it, he's he's struggled a little bit on the air but chris is is a true absolute legend in this field yep. uh no question about it so I, I look at these men and i wonder <laughs> A, how they have done it for so long. Lee Corso is still on the set at game day. He's 85. Mm-hmm. He's endured strokes. He's overcome so much. Mm-hmm. And he is, still has a passion. Dickie V, I believe, is 80, right, and, and has, has battled cancer now multiple times. Hubie Brown is almost 90 years old. That's amazing. I mean, how they can still uh, – Bill Rafferty, we were chatting about his liver, uh, Benetti and I, over the weekend, like how that thing has endured. And I want to say Bill is like 80 and still doing it. I'm, I'm going to say right now, there is an NC for me. That is a big, fat, no chancer <laughs> that I'd be able to do that. At that age? age that no chance. Well, Chris Mortensen no is, is no certainly how. well within you know the same category. Truly one of the titans of NFL reporting over the decades that he was in. At 33 years he spent reporting uh, on the NFL. Just an unbelievable career and, and truly one of the greats in the business. But when you love it, right? It doesn't become your job. It's not even mm-hmm. necessarily your identity. He's had a tremendous mm-hmm. balance with his kids. His son, yeah. by the way. OC for Trent Dilfer down at UAB, kind of a top mind, up and coming young coach. And, I think I told you yeah. when I used to, uh, when the year that I spent doing um, NFL pregame on ESPN radio it was me and Michael Smith. 
And you were kicking in the green room with all the stars. Well, that well after the game, I was great. After pregame, I got to go in and watch in the war room with all of the big talent. And I wasn't, I didn't have anything to do, but I was just there watching football. And Michael was really nice and introduced me to some folks. And and you know, I I felt comfortable, though I certainly did not feel confident, nor did I feel like I was part of the group. I wasn't. Right. However. Yep. Even within the people that were a part of the group, you could see very clearly who the in crowd, like the interior of the group, really was. And it starts with Chris Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, obviously, and Mort. It was those three, and there were other guys that kind of would come and go. But at the core of it, it was Boomer, TJ, and Mort. And everything else sort of revolved around them. It was their show and their area. And Chris Mortensen, uh, losing him as an NFL reporter, a huge bummer. But uh, congrats to Mort on an unbelievable career. All right. Uh, Well, one thing that someone like Mort would certainly be reporting on is what's going on in Kansas City right now, where one of the best defensive players in the league, certainly one of the best defensive linemen in the league, Chris Jones, is holding out. He wants to get paid. Chiefs don't want to pay him. We've seen the Chiefs decide to move guys in that situation before. Certainly Tyreek Hill went, uh, what, two years ago? Yeah, last year, two years Mm -hmm. ago, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. In any event, the Seahawks have a bit of a need at the defensive line position. It is arguably the most important position after quarterback in sports, or at least in football, and they don't have it. At least not at that upper, upper, upper level like he would provide. You willing to deal for him? We talked to Steve Weish earlier. Yes, you're going to have to pay him some $20, 21000000 million a year. I'm not that concerned about that. No, I think that. he said $29 million. Okay, yeah, some $29 million a year. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah. I think that is possible. I think you could find a way to make that happen. The question is, are you willing to give up, let's say, a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year in order to make it happen? Oh, man. Otani, I'm going to put it like 30% odds. Like Otani, I would love to see that happen. And when Jeff Passan kind of made a plea there at the end of the show, like you should, you could, you would go all in. Like I am all for that. There's no draft capital. That is nothing but bottom line cash. And it would take an enormous, enormous commitment. But I don't know. I put 30% odds on this. This one is like a less than 10%. I I would love to do it. I'd be 99% in. uh, And certainly on the surface, I'd be 100% in. On trading two first-round picks for him? But then when you start to talk about what you got to get back, like on the surface, okay, are, would we be interested in Chris Jones? Uh, yes. Would he fill a huge need? Yeah, yes. I mean, but 32 teams say they're interested in Chris Jones. Yes. 32 teams yeah, say they're interested in Chris Jones in a vacuum. Yeah, there's some rebuilding. I, Arizona, I, I don't know. But I, a player I, I like I that. Say that. Teams are all interested in Chris Jones. That's a player that everybody would want. Then you start thinking about where you're at in your development. Then you start thinking about where you're at in your pay, you know, what you're willing to pay for, where your needs are. And you just look at the Seahawks and they match up really well with him in a lot of different ways. He would be an unbelievable asset. I think what you're really asking if you're the Seahawks is two things. One, are you at a stage right now where you believe you're a Chris Jones away from competing for Super Bowls? And two, do you have enough faith in your future with Geno Smith to not feel like you're going to need your first round pick the next mm-hmm. two years in order mm-hmm. to get a quarterback in one of those two seasons? Because and if you got three, Chris Jones, you don't need to d- draft a defensive lineman. You're, 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 and, you're, you're building that. And three, has history taught you anything amongst these traits? Hmm. Is, is the history of these moves for you, does it play any role whatsoever? Percy Harvin. 
Jamal Adams. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Right? When you've made this decision to go out and do this for somebody that you still do not know, you've competed against him multiple times, his track record is impeccable, but you don't know him like you do your own, that you draft and develop, and you've had three different scenarios you that know, speak to that in the past. Yeah, I think that's very, very fair. The one thing, I mean, all of those are different, right? I mean, Percy, you can make the argument it worked out. He helped them win a Super Bowl in some small way, and, you know, it was a late first-rounder because of it. Jimmy Graham, I think disastrous, but because of what they tried to do. Like, I think he was the wrong player in so many ways. They wanted, you know, if you want to be a physical football team, you can't have a pass-catching tight end like that. I just think it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And what you gave up at Max Unger. Yes. Jamal yes. Adams is another one where I just go... What is the problem with Jamal Adams? Is it that you gave up two first-round picks? Is it the player? Is it that he was a safety that you gave up two first-round picks for? Is it that he got hurt and hasn't played much, and if he'd been playing, would we feel differently about it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's the one that I would probably want to learn from the most, but I don't know that that convinces me not to make a big trade for a guy who plays probably the second most important position in the sport. Yes. When Steve Weiss said he's more of an end in that way that he wants that pass rushing money, that becomes a little concerning for me. When you talk about him as a five technique and doing those things, I'd want to slide him right back in and play inside and penetrate and take over games and do what you know he's largely done. In, I would think in as this well. Three four. I know it's not really a three four, but like uh, again, you make him, you make your scheme fit what his skill set brings. So right. you you do whatever, <laughs> and you put him and you put Jaron or you put him and you put Dre and you just wreck things up front, and I, mean, I start to get concerned with first round picks. But is there an opportunity? To move a Daryl Taylor? Is there an opportunity to move a Mike Jack and a Daryl Taylor? Kansas City needs both of those positions. Frank Clark went out the door. They started all rookies last year at the back end of their secondary. Is there a D. Eskridge, right? Just a speedy, fast dude that all of a sudden they say, hey, man, we're done I mean, with him yes, here. Yes, but you're not going to talk. I mean, you're not going to get Chris Jones for, uh, you know, a, a Could reserve. it be a first and two other players? Right, I mean, that kind of deal. And then ultimately, play this cut of John Schneider. When I saw this on paper, when I read the words, I kind of, it intrigued me when I hear powder dry. I kind of like those words. No, not, not necessarily. It's not necessarily a target, but, you know, uh, you have to you have to try to balance, you know, your salary cap and how you're paying people at different positions. And, and so, obviously, you know, uh, when you have younger players, it's a, it's a smaller salary. So, you know, you have to try to, you have to be try to you have to try to be smart so you can, you know. Ted Thompson would always say, you know, you keep your powder dry towards the end of the season so you have enough uh, cap room and or space to in cash to uh, work with towards the end of the season um, for us, primarily cap space uh, as we move forward here. He's 29. Chris Jones turned 29 in July. He wants a one more mammoth mammoth mm-hmm. payday. It would require going to Miss Allen and asking for significantly more cash than what has been budgeted. It would require moving things around. I don't even know. I mean, they've moved the cap numbers around, I think, as much as possible so they can do what John said right there. Keep enough powder dry for, for late in the year and for acquisitions and moves that you've got to make and, and everything else. I, I don't even honestly know if there is a machination in their roster or a, or a way to move. And I know you can always 
they always say that, like, hey, man, you can make Seems anything. Like you can always make anything happen you can if always you make really anything want it happen to. If you have enough cash, this feels like a less than 10%. This feels like maybe even But you're talking about how much it happens. My question is how much would you want it to happen? Oh, I mean, like, 100%. So would you, uh, and whether you'd make a deal like that and whether you're willing to pay for it. 100%. Are you, are you a Chris Jones away from competing for a Super Bowl? Yes. You're a Chris Jones away from competing for the NFC. This NFC that I just looked at the top five and in all these little power rankings coming out that have four of the five AFC teams, that Philadelphia is really there. And then, you know, Dallas and, and the, the last power poll I saw, I think Pro Football Focus or ESPN, like, okay, so San, Philly's in the top five. Their roster's top five. But then they had Dallas at seven, St. Fran at 10, and you at 11. Well, I think that's the other problem with the, with the comparison with, uh, w- with Jamal Adams. I don't know that they were a Jamal Adams away from competing for Super Bowls once they brought him in. No, if Jamal, you're telling me you're, you are a Chris Jones away from competing for a Super Bowl, this seems like a fairly obvious thing. Of course you would try to do it. This is All of those scenarios were different, okay, we, we, to, to go back. Percy Harvin was brought because he is a rare, rare athlete. He is one of those Debo Samuel can, or, you know, Joe, Nick Bosa. Just, he can do things that other guys could not do. Unfortunately, he had some other issues from the neck up that, that made that very, very difficult. Jamal was brought in. Jimmy was brought in because they need a touchdown maker, a, a difference maker. Jamal was brought in because you need a fire starter, right? After all of the fire went out the door with Sherm and Bennett and Cam and Earl and all of them, we have to have an igniter, somebody that loves this game with every fiber of their being. This would be different. This would be coming in and wrecking the game at the line of scrimmage as that guy has. That guy allowed the Chiefs to play nothing but rookies in their secondary. Yeah, their offense scored a lot of points too, but that guy just flat out could take over games. And as Steve Weiss said when I brought it up, he's like, ooh, Hold on a second now. With that secondary and the pieces you have on the back end, if you can complement that with one of the most disruptive players in all the NFL on the front end, with Jaron and with Dre and with Uchenna and with Bobby, yeah, you become now in the NFC, maybe not the, the lion, but you are the lead lioness. <laughs> Quoting Mr. Weiss once again, you are right there toe-to-toe with anybody in the mm-hmm. NFC or at least – you know, maybe secondarily behind only Philadelphia. Yeah, a texter here says, if Chris Jones was a D-tackle, hell yes, but isn't he really an end? Will an end shore up the run in the middle? I guess I just look at what they're talking about now. If you were to trade for Chris Jones, wouldn't you be essentially putting Jones and Jones on the outside Chris as Jones your two ends. Is six six three ten. Right, he's huge. He can play whatever he wants to play right. on the defensive but line. But isn't that? I mean, essentially, if that's the case, aren't you talking about Jaron Reed in the middle of of Chris Jones and Draymond Jones? You could. I mean, you that, could, that's you, a that's a legit. I mean, that's a D end in this scheme, and then saying, "All right, at linebacker, you're going with the guys that we've talked about." You know, uh, Chen on one side mm-hmm. and and Boye and others on the other side. I mean, like. That's a team all of a sudden. That's a very, very, very Yeah, you want to put team. Jaron in the middle of Dre and him and let him be on a on a shoulder of a three technique time and after time after time after time and watch what he can do in one on one situations. Well it feels that's like that's he, a team that's big enough to just be stout and quick enough to get after and get into the backfield if you need him to. That's a team that would that's a really good team. Back in uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now, you know, two first rounds and $29 million a year and all yeah. the other details of well, it. Well, hey, I mean, you want to be a good team or do you want to be a good team? Like, you know, these things don't come cheap. They don't come free. If you really want to get there, Brock, I don't know. I, I think 
I think there's a you pretty know, interesting conversation. I'll tell you what would happen. Sure. You, and I think we should have you, more of it tomorrow. Well, I'll tell you what. If you were to add him, I'll tell you what would happen. Bodies on the floor. Bodies <laughs> on the floor. That's what I'm talking what about. What a perfect, perfect segue. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, yesterday we found out that uh, Cooper Cop was on his way to see a body specialist, which is still the weirdest thing I've ever heard. That's not, I don't think that's a real thing. A body specialist. I still don't believe it. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Uh, we also spent some time talking about Driveline yesterday and their uh, founder, Kyle Body. So you put those two things together and it seems fairly obvious what we should rank today. Bodies ranked. Now, you should know we are not including... For the sake of brevity, nobody, somebody, everybody. Oh, yeah, really? Those could be, they could be their own. They're just it would it would it would open up the category, and make it too large, bro. Yeah. So oh. Those are not included today. Okay. Some more there are rules. Yes, you gotta have some. You gotta have some rules. But yeah. we'll have some. Uh, you know, Change every day, goalposts, as it were. We've got body. Yeah, sometimes you move them. Here's body by Megan Thee Stallion. Feels like that for a while. <laughs> Guessing there wasn't a lot else from that song we could play. No. Makes sense. No, there's not. Brock, you love Megan the Stallion, right? Who? What? We got yeah. uh, My Body. My Body Young Giant for you, Brock. I know yours on the tip of your tongue already. We've got Nina Sky. I like this song. Say early 2000s. Is it? That. Feels like it was maybe late 90s. You might be right. You guys want to go see a dead body? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, stand by me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All time great, right? All time great. Got to put that one in there. I'll tell you what, though. You, if you, if, when was the last time you watched Stand By Me? It's been a little while. Yeah. I should watch it again. I think my kids are just about ready for that. I kind of like to watch it with them. A lot of potty mouths, though. A lot more than I I watched Die Hard with Avery. Okay. Yeah, I don't care about that. You know I don't care about that. I know. That's no, not a not a concern. I told you I watched Die Hard with Avery. She didn't have any problems with the cursing, no problems with the violence, but she's like, Dad, why are they all smoking? Like, well, it was oh, the that's 80s. What stood out to her. Yes. Well. It's like that's what people did then. Uh this is gonna be controversial, but this did not make the top five. No John Mayer, I'm sorry. That's fine. He's doing just fine. He doesn't, yeah, he's, he, top doesn't, five he doesn't need our help. No. We've got uh, Death Cab for Cutie. There you go. Good one. I know Brady Henderson would appreciate it. We've got some Mariah Carey. Yeah, there's some of that. There's some Justin Timberlake. Good song. That was a good era. Yeah, that's a good song right there. Uh, Brock. Does he stop making music, by the way, Timberlake? No, he's like doing so. some acting. He's still doing music. Uh, yeah. Nelly Furtado, Timbaland, and Justin Timberlake are teasing a new release coming soon. Really? Oh, Together? Oh, 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 what yeah. year is it? Amazing. <laughs> you know who this is, Brock? 
Any guesses? You want a hint? a hint? You know this person. Yes, you've mm. met this person. I've met? Yes, you've met yep. that person. Who? That would be one Sierra. Come on, man. That was a pretty easy hint. <laughs> what else would it be? Is that yummy in my tummy? That was uh, Body Party. Body Party. Oh. Here's Body Language. Body Language. By Queen. Body Language. Yep. And then uh, there's the band. You guys have reached your limit of songs. Body oh, Count. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't put Body Count in the top five. Yeah. Is... No, I didn't. Sorry. Alarming. It's a pretty good top five, I got to tell you. We're just a music Ooh. station. You ever dissect this music. the human this body? This is uh, Body by Jake. Brock, yeah, Brock, I love this show. <laughs> body by Jake. Morris having an out-of-body experience. You ever have right? to dissect a, an animal body? Or yeah, I did a frog. You did a frog too. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't too bad. No. Thought it'd be worse. Dissect, yeah. Clue is one of my all-time favorite movies. Field this didn't frog. quite make the top five, but Mr. Body, that's what we mean. Mr. Body's body, it's gone. <laughs> if you've ever seen Clue, you know how good it is. Trust me. No one's seen it but you. I mean, already. enough people have seen Clue that they're making a musical of it. It's coming to the Fifth Ave this year, and I'll be going to it. It's body's body. Okay. That Just means saying. it's really cool. <laughs> you, know you know what I have to say to you, Mara? <laughs> Get a body bag! Yeah! Johnny! Put him in a body bag! Mara, have you seen the original Karate Kid? Oh, but you deign to talk about how I've seen too many movies? you never seen The Karate Kid, seen, but I've, I'm the dork? I mean, Get I, out of I here. know the movie. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing all the way through, but I've seen oh, enough parts Oh, you've seen parts. You know what that means? You haven't seen it. <laughs> I've heard that before. That's what I say when people are after me and saying, oh, you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen parts of it. Have you seen the movie Heavyweights? No. Oh, okay. Well, there's the body I've seen, part, I've seen parts of it. I've seen parts of it. I've seen, like, I haven't seen the whole thing. Thank you to the final I've just seen bits and pieces. I've been to the body shop, though, and Bath and Body Works. They okay. compete. Body armor. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got a couple of... Uh, body yeah, you got uh, cornerback in the NFL, Patrick Body. And Mr. Peabody. Yep. Oh, I once had an out-of-body experience, I think. That's what Morris having right now. Some other movies like Body of Evidence, Body of Lies, Body Heat, Body Double, Jennifer's Body. So there's uh, certainly a bunch that would fall into that category. Are you ready for the top five, Rob? Uh-huh. Are you? Uh-huh. It doesn't... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It oh, doesn't yeah, really right. feel like you are. <laughs> I'm number, just waiting for one song. Let's go. Number five. And Is this what you were waiting for? Whitney? The Bodyguard? No. 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 Wow. Good movie. You more of a Jesse the Body Ventura guy? Whoa. How did he not get on here? How did we miss that? JD509. Wow. Appreciate that. That's pretty weak. I still don't think he's top five. I don't know. Especially in uh, Predator. Since Maura was talking about Predator earlier today, she said her stomach was sounding like the Predator was growling. <laughs> was growling really loud. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty great in that. He's one who says, I ain't got time to bleed. Number four, Brock, from one of your favorite all-time movies. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. <laughs> Good movie drops here, Maury. This is this yeah. is a well-rounded, right? Mm-hmm. It's versatile. It's I, mean, last I knew that line. Goes in a lot of directions. Oh, you Bath did? and Body Works. What movie was that for, Maury? That was Top Gun. Oh, oh, yeah, there we go. Nice work. Call. Did you say Tovlo Talking Bodies? Did you say that one? No, I missed that one. Okay, sorry. Number three. Number 
since we've been accused of forgetting the Beastie Boys in the past, I thought I would make sure to get them into the top five today. Mm. Mm, I, I like the leave. Beastie Boys. I don't it feels high. It feels a little high. Feels high for the Beastie Boys? I yeah. I really like that song. I'm also doing a lot of disrespect to one Rod Stewart. Are you sure about that? <laughs> oh, oh. Are you sure I'm disrespecting oh, oh, oh. Rod Stewart? Oh, oh, oh. It feels weird that you would say that, oh. Justin, knowing that there are two left. Oh, okay. So the Beastie Boys. Something's getting bumped. Are number three. What is getting bumped, I wonder, that you're. That you feel like should be in the top five. I don't know. Hmm. Go on. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting how this is going here at oh the my end. Gosh, we're on the edge of our seats. <laughs> we're trying to build up the tension. <laughs> Number two. There you go. Number two go. is Rod Stewart. Did a lot of people want Rod Stewart's body uh, back in the day? Yes. Rod Stewart Are you kidding? was really? a symbol. Well, oh. Rod Stewart has been married to like multiple supermodels. Oh, he with, uh, was a hunter. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was a hottie with a naughty body. Rod, <laughs> seriously, Rod Stewart is like. <laughs> I can't. It makes no sense, but it's true. Rod Stewart was a major, I'm looking, major I'm, I'm sex symbol. Footage. I don't. I don't. Major. The hair. Well, Brock, you teased it already. (laughs) Number one, body ranked. Let the bodies hit the floor. 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 Rest in peace, Dave Williams. There you go. Drowning pool, Brock, number one. Body rank, Justin. What did I miss? What did you think needed to be on there? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm making something up. I just thought that. I guess I didn't do. Sexy and I know at LMFAO. True. Look at that body. Over look at that body. body. <laughs> Work out. It's a metal band, Body Snatcher. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, or Invasion of the Body Snatchers either. Mm-hmm. All right, we got to run. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. I want to debate Warm that body. Chris Jones thing a little bit more, Brock. I think there's, KJ I think there's a little more that. meat on the bone yeah, there. We'll bring KJ into that conversation. Today Come on, Mariners. Go well. get this sucker today, please. Yes. All right. Let's we'll go. Uh, turn things over to Bump and Stacy. They come up next. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Until then, the hay is in a bar bar. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper! Bump and Stacy weekdays ten to two. Is there a reality to a team that's been there, that's won, that knows they can versus a team that hasn't? Yeah, because you have experiences to lean on, right? Some of these guys are like, "What's next? How do we do this? How do we overcome this? You know, what do we need to fix?" Where the veterans are like, "Nah, we'll be fine." That was the one thing to take from last year's playoff appearance. They know what it's like to be in this moment and go what eighteen innings against the eventual World Series champs. I mean, that was a tough bout. Hear the show anytime on demand by subscribing to the Bump and Stacy podcast. Every business deserves a great deal. That's why, for a limited time, we're launching the Mobile Made Free event. With Comcast Business Internet, new and existing customers can get one year of unlimited mobile for free. Yep, you heard that right. An entire year, free. It's our best internet, powered by the next generation 10G network and with 99.9% reliability, plus one line of free mobile for a year. The Mobile Made Free event is happening now. Get started with internet and advanced security for $49.99 a month for 12 months with a two-year agreement. Plus, for a limited time only, ask how new and existing customers can get a free line of unlimited mobile during the Mobile Made Free event. Call or go online today to learn more. Ends 921-2023. Eco bill and auto pay required. New 50 megabits per second internet and security edge customers only. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra. Mobile offer requires 100 megabits per second internet package and new unlimited intro mobile service. Other restrictions apply.
Dave Wyman here for Bellevue Rare Coins. I recently visited their Bellevue store, and I'm here to tell you you can trust Bellevue Rare Coins. They're Better Business Bureau A-plus accredited with thousands of five-star reviews. Bring them your gold, silver, platinum, palladium, diamonds, gemstones, coins, estate jewelry, watches, stamps, comic books, and even sports cards. With locations in Bellevue, Linwood, Issaquah, and Tacoma, or online at BellevueRareCoins.com, there's a Bellevue Rare Coin store near you. So many restaurants. I'm talking about the dining district at the Bellevue Collection, where you'll find 50 local-to-global taste adventures all in one place. Featuring a showcase of international and local flavors from talented chefs, the dining district at the Bellevue Collection brings it all together. And the parking is always free. From tapas to tacos, Peking duck to poke, prime steaks to soul food. The Dining District at the Bellevue Collection, where your taste adventure begins. Visit BellevueCollection.com slash Dining District. Mariner center fielder Julio Rodriguez is an Alaska Visa card holder, and he's loving the benefits. The Alaska Airlines credit card is better than ever. You get priority boarding. Welcome aboard, Julio. And of course, Alaska's famous companion fair offer. A free check bag and earn two times the miles of gas, price share, and streaming services. These benefits really are better than ever. Apply today at betteralaskavisa.com. Terms and conditions apply. Nine innings of Mariners baseball at T-Mobile Park goes by faster than you think. So make sure you have a plan. Innings one, two, three, dig in. Legendary pizza? Yes. Fries smothered in fresh Dungeness crab? Absolutely. Baseball's best craft beers? Bring it on. Innings four through six? Check it out. Get up close to the pitchers in the pen. Like, really close. Hey, get him! Swing it, a miss! Before you know it, it's time to bring home the W. So get up, get loud, and don't forget your dancing shoes. Mariners baseball. See us rise. The postseason race is heating up. Catch the action when the Mariners return home Monday, September 11th with three straight value games against the Angels. Snag seats as low as $10 for bleachers and view, $20 for Maine, or $30 for Terrace Club. Go to Mariners.com slash value games to get your tickets today. AimYourDigital.com will help you target the right audience, build your leads, and crush your quota. Take your business to the next level. Our digital marketing strategies help grow awareness of your product or service, all while building trust in your business. Our approach involves leveraging multiple tools and strategies to deliver exceptional results that are customized to your unique business needs. Don't wait to run out of sales leads. Keep your business growing. Get started with AimYourDigital.com today. Are you curious about who offers the best deals on top-rated Samsung, LG, and Sony TVs? The answer is surprising. It's not online, and it's not the warehouse clubs. The best deals on top-rated TVs are at video only. Don't believe it? Then check out the trade-in deals at video only. How about $500 for your old TV? Try doing that online. Before you buy that new TV, drop into video only. If you don't, you'll be sorry. When you're choosing a local roofing company, make sure you do yourself a 